Welcome everyone to the last podcast, the last podcast on the book of Ecclesiastes. King Solomon as an old man. This is the record we have when he um, came back to the Lord and straightened his heart up and quit the experimenting with the uh, trying to know folly and uh, really going overboard with his uh, quest I uh, made some mistakes okay and uh, we have the benefit of those mistakes and the doctrine on why we don't do that and he explains that to us here in chapter 10 in the preacher uh, he's going to explain some more the observations of wisdom and folly and of riot and slothfulness and money men's thoughts of kings ought to be reverend okay all right well i have lots of thoughts on these kings but i don't know about the reverend part do you i got kind of a negative attitude on in the world today on the people that are leading the pack but uh, let's see what King Solomon says about all that. In chapter 10 and verse 1, it says, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doeth a little folly him that is in rep reputation for wisdom and honor. And he's a great example of that. And he's telling you that here. Uh, his folly, his making the uh, temples to Malcolm and uh, some of his uh, queenly girlfriends that he had there. And he made them houses and that was involved in idolatry. Uh, he chose to know this folly to experiment on what's good and bad. And uh, overdid it in many ways here. Okay, so listen to that similitude of the the uh, apothecary makes the potions uh, for healing, etc. It's like a modern day druggist that's mixing up things to heal. And here he's talking about the flies. Okay, and flies are uh, a bad deal there actually tied into Satanism, uh, Beelzebub is Lord of the Flies in one interpretation that I saw of that one meaning of that title, that name Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, it is just another name for Satan, okay, so notice here the death that's involved uh, with the flies here and how it makes something good stink. Alright, so that's that. In two it says, a wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart at his left. Okay, we went through that. We went through the right versus left. What does that mean? Uh, because the sheep go on the right, the uh, Goats go on the left on Judgment Day. They sure do. There's a dividing. The dark from the light. The good from the ugly. The bad. Alright. Right and left. Yea, and three also. When he that is a fool walketh by the way, his wisdom faileth him, and he saith to every one, that he is a fool. So in his actions, in his speech, in the things that he does, it speaks to everyone, even without words. It's still speaking. His actions, his walk, his walk through life, it speaks loud. I'm a fool. Enforce as if the spirit of the ruler rise up against thee, leave not thy place, for 
yielding pacifieth great offenses, period. All right, now, uh, you know that um, the Lord will defend those people that obey him. So by running and hiding, you are not doing God's will all the time. Now I'm not talking about David running from Saul or this or that. There's exceptions to rules, all right? But in general, uh, if you're trying to build a bunker to hide from the day of the Lord, like Zuckerberg, he got a whole island there, practically uh, 1,600 acres, and he's digging his bunker. It's a mansion bunker that he's digging. Uh, don't, don't run and hide. Uh, we're taught that we have to let our light shine, and you can't do that from your basement with the shades pulled down, can you? All right, uh, so off-grid is uh, cowardly in most cases. It just is. Here we put, put it back into the leader's hands, but we're asking God to defend us here, and God will move the ruler's heart. Okay, and that's another aspect of four. In five, it says, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, capital S, as an error which proceedeth from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, and the rich sit in low place. All right, so that, go back to this stuff. See, you have to harmonize this together. We're taught there in uh, certain parts of uh, Paul's teachings, not Romans 13, okay? Forget that. Forget Hitler's handlers um, meddling with Romans 13. Forget that. But we're taught to go ahead and submit to the rules of the land for God's furtherance of his um, gospel to go ahead and sacrifice ourselves okay but this dignity this is rulership and what's he saying here there's a lot of folly folly ignorance stupidity and where are they at they're in the dignitaries right look at this and even though they have riches to the moon they're in low place in the low estate, and they don't even know that, do they? So, riches make temptations. They give people a haughty heart. That's a, That right there is a recipe for disaster. And if Satan has given you those riches, you are in deep trouble out there. Not talking to you studiers. All right, and more on that. It says, I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. Okay, like I said, beware, great man of the earth, because you're going to fall. The Lord's going to set up who he will. Jesus Christ will raise shepherds to himself in the last days. So all the people that Satan has put in power, and I'm talking about the ten unseen merchant kings, the Antichrist, and all that emulate them. You're going down, and the Lord's the one going to do that. Okay, in eight, this year we're harmonizing with Psalm 716 and Proverbs 2617. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Notice the serpent. So here are the great destroyers. They're digging their pit. They're building up this world to fall. And the Lord's not going to allow their enterprise to have any success. Three and a half years, 42 months. That's going to be the great, the great acceleration of the control of the world leader king. Yes. And even in that, he's going to begin to fall. Even in that, the Battle of Armageddon will be there. Even in that, they'll come marching in there to Jerusalem to destroy all the Jews. 
and to destroy Christ and anyone that believes in Christ into Jerusalem. All right, so this uh, leader they have, this one inhabited by Lucifer, he's going to bite his own tail. Yes, he is. Remember that uh, they're going to create the whore of Babylon. Now, they've done that, and they're going to hate the whore they've created. Yes, indeed, and they're going to burn her with fire. This is the, old, the people that created the world government. They're going to tear it apart. Remember the creative destruction that they say. They destroy everything to raise the phoenix out of the ashes. So they are destroyers. Look at the serpent biting himself in the tail. So all you followers, all you emulators that love the world government and love all these fake people on the internet and TV, all fakes, fakes and frauds, you love those people, they're going to drag you down with them. Get into your King James. Learn what's really going on around you. There may be a chance for you out there, occult prince. Nine, it says, Whoso removeth stones shall be hurt therewith, and he that cleaveth wood shall be endangered thereby. Notice here the relationship with wood and stones. That can even be, what, idolatry, can't it? All right, so here they are with their worldly stones, their worldly wood, and what? They're taking a chance on being drugged down with the worldly substances here in 9. In 10 it says, If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct. Okay, so it can be really hard to get to the omega. All right. If you are wise, you will have wetted the edge of your spiritual axe. Okay, and then it, things will come easy. Having wisdom and understanding when there's a problem that approaches, you feed off of the milk of the word. And all of a sudden things start, the hard things in this world, you'll be directed, your foot's your feet will be guided step by step by the Lord. How do you like that? He will put wisdom and understanding in your steps out there. Won't he there, saints? And 11, surely the serpent will bite without enchantment, and a babbler is no better. Okay? All right, so we're uh, talking about the babbler, the one that has the, all the words and no wisdom and understanding, kind of like uh, Job was putting up with the three friends and the youngster babbling away, uh, talking uh, scriptures that they don't have the meaning to. They're going on and on. Here uh, you see the enchantment, the uh, what do you want to call enchantment? That is occult religion. That is putting a spell over the serpent. Well, the serpent naturally does the biting. Okay, it, you don't have to be under the spell even to be stupid, spiritually stupid. And here the babbler is no better than the serpent that is naturally going to bite. Okay, this person, this similitude of the serpent and the babbler here. Okay, so I'll go on. That's pretty clear, ain't it? Okay. Okay, the words in 12 of a wise man's mouth are gracious, but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. Okay, again, we are going to be judged not by what goes in the mouth, but by what comes out of the mouth. Are your words full of meaningful conversation? Are they full of wisdom and understanding to let her 
guide our words. But here we have the fool, and here his, uh, he's babbling, like uh, back here in 11, and his own words are going to be his demise in this world and the world to come. That's the hard part. That's the judgment you're going to get out there, babbler, fool, person into the occult, person into the ufology movement, person in the secret societies, or going into one of these temples and doing the idolatry, because your own words are going to destroy you. Okay, 13, the beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is mischievous madness, okay, and that's craziness, craziness that hurts other people here, okay, and uh, so here, you, your words, foolishness is not a light term, that's someone that has no wisdom and understanding, and if they have none of that, then they don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost, and if they don't have the Holy Ghost, what do they have? Well, they have nothing. 14. A fool also is full of words. And, okay, the, the fool is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him who can tell him. Question mark. Okay, so here's the foolishness of this uh, person. They may think that humans are going to be replaced with robots and everything they've been taught and Darwinism is real science and oh yeah and there's UFOs and men oh you're you're breathing you're destroying the earth all the floods and all the whether the catastrophes are real or they're hyped they're using them to try to convince people of climate change and that is pure foolishness pure lies and propaganda the climate has always changed. The only thing that's stable about a climate is that it's always changing. That's a fact of history. There's always been earthquakes. There's always been floods. How high is the water, Mama? Six feet high and rising. How old is that song? Oh, well, how about the great earthquake back in the days of Uzziah? Huge earthquake. Was that because there were too many people on the earth? All satanic lies. Alright, climate change is BS. It came from the think tank called the Club of Rome. In the 70s it was, it was going to be planet freezing. The sun changed its uh, course by not, I don't mean a course of uh, circling the earth, I mean it uh, the, the changes in the sun cause the weather to change. That's what I'm trying to say. And just like that, the earth started getting warmer. And then they said, all right, it's climate warming. And then that changed. It started cooling again because th the weather's controlled to the sun. The Lord controls the sun. The sun controls the weather in most cases. And, uh, for the rest of it all, you just go to uh, the book of Enoch and read how the Lord controls the weather. That being said, climate change is a nothing but a lie from the devil. Alright, so I'll move on. 15, it says, The labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them because he knoweth not how to go to the city. Once again, he has no instruction. His steps are not guided by the Lord. He has no Holy Ghost. He's a fool, right? And so he is a four-wheel drive in the mud. He's spinning his tires, and he's digging himself deeper and deeper. He is, the fool is going nowhere as he expends all this energy in foolishness. 16, a new paragraph, woe to thee, 
O land, when thy king is a child, and thy princes eat in the morning. Okay, so there the princes are what? Gluttons. They're getting up in the morning, they're cutting a little bit of their jug of booze, aren't they? Or doing dope or something. And the, and the king, he may be a 90-year-old child mentally. You understand? The, the king is a nobody. So here we have the other side of it. Here we're talking about the words of the king earlier. But look at this king. In a new paragraph in 16, Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child. And some of them never grew up, did they? And thy princes eat in the morning. They're what? Gluttons. Okay, 17. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. Okay. So there we are with the gluttons in high places. Their foolishness that comes out. Uh, their example is not to eat when it's or to feast when it's time to feast. Again, there's a time to feast. There's a time to fast. There's a time to work. There's a time to play. There's a time for every purpose under, under heaven. Here we have the gluttonous drunk leaders. And there, that is trouble. So we have to harmonize all the Proverbs together. All Proverbs, all of the Wisdom of Sirach, and all of this wonderful book of Ecclesiastes. Harmonize all that together. The Bible does that for us, does it not? 18, new paragraph. By much slothfulness, the building decayeth, and through idleness of the hands the house droppeth through. Once again, we're told to labor, and the Lord gives us the physical and mental benefits of that. Uh, we gain health by toiling. We, we gain mental strength also by toiling, and that includes toiling in the Word of God. Okay, now we go to some more worldly things in a new paragraph. 18 was a new paragraph, and 19 is a new paragraph. It says, A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. Okay, he's not telling you to go out and worship wine or money. He's just not. There's a time to feast, okay? And in the law of God, there was, it was a feast unto the Lord. That should not go away. When you have a joyful heart, the Lord should be in the middle of that joy. Alright, if you're uh, doing it and you're a believer, okay? Here, wine is to make merry. That's its purpose. That's why Christ turned the water into wine. And uh, But money is the root of things. You can use money for good, you can use it for evil. And it just happens to be the root of things. And the love of money is the root of evil. And that's not what we want to do. Uh, and But here, you look at it, the money's involved in all parts of, the, of everything under the sun, is it not? 20, it says, and that's his point there in 19, in another uh, paragraph mark in 20, it says, Curse not the king, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. Okay, we're taught not to curse people. Even if you're going into battle, you don't turn around and throw a curse on people. Alright, but the rich and the uh, leader, they have their ear to the ground. They have lots of snitches out here. And what you say and what comes out of your mouth, that's going to get back to them here. Alright. However, there's a time to stand up against evildoers. But here's another aspect here in 20. Don't curse them in your thought. Now that's spiritual. 
You can pray against the evil of the earth. That's lawful. There's Psalms. Is, it's throughout Psalms. It's it's everywhere in the Bible. But that's not cursing them. When you curse, you're you're using an energy force that you have directed uh, many times with a fallen angel or demonic force, and you're using you're channeling that force to destroy somebody or something. There's a big difference between praying against the evil doers and their plot and ploy and conspiracies than there is for someone to be using the occult, the witchcraft to curse people. Alright, so all that's right here in 20. And on we go in chapter 11. Uh, we're going to move right on ahead here. A lot of things are going to be discussed. It's very heavy. But on we go. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. So here we are. Uh, the bread is many times the doctrine. Okay, and uh, you'll see that. You'll see people grow. You'll... Uh, Sometimes you plant seeds you don't even know out there, don't you? You know, many of you people that are listening here to our Bible, and that's what we promote here. What do we promote? Do we promote men or women, or is there a reverend? No. We promote the 77 books of the King James and the supplements. Very careful about these supplements now of the book of Jaser and the book of Enoch and those we promote to help us understand the scriptures. Okay, so there's that. So you cast your bread, you, uh, and again, Christ used the symbol of the bread, and this isn't your physical, this isn't physical uh, bread at all, because if you cast your bread into the water, it's gonna, fish are gonna eat it, it's gonna fall apart, it's gonna disintegrate. So this bread is the bread of the doctrine. This is the bread of your effort. And on you go, and it's going to come back to you. And when you see somebody growing in the Word, and they are producing fruit, you'll know those seeds have grown. What a joy that is. And I know that you have the same thing out there, Saint. I know that your home Bible study may be doing really good. And isn't it a joy when you see someone start to grow? And if they apply themselves, they can grow very quickly. And people that ain't, you know, starting back in the 70s for me, and I see somebody come in in a year or two, and all of a sudden here they bring back to the table, they bring great, great wisdom and understanding in just those couple years. It astounds me how far someone can go if they'll apply themselves to read the doctrine correctly and end. And then normally they get the help of these podcasts or CDs uh, to cut down the time. Or they gather with us here and we all pitch in and help each other. The Bible study will help you accelerate the bread of your doctrine, folks. Remember, Christ told the uh, apostles, the bread I'm talking about, beware of the bread of the Pharisees, that is their doctrine. And why is that? Because they have the Kabbalah, they have the Talmud, they have the Zohar, and all that goes back to the occult teaching school of the Alexandrian school of thought and all the mystery schools that go along in that organization. And all that was right there with the Pharisees. Okay, give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. Okay, so there we are. You're spreading the doctrine here that goes along with verse 1 and you just never know where it's going to grow. Some of the people that I thought 
would absolutely take off and be bringing back the great wisdom and understanding to the study, they went nowhere. And yet there was somebody else that you'd think, well, they're never going to get it, and wow. They absolutely explode in their wisdom and understanding. It is a gift from God. You can plant, you can water, but it takes God to make it grow, does it not? Okay, uh, in three it says, If the clouds be full of rain, they empty, empty themselves upon the earth, and if it, the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Okay, so here we have the look at the environment around us. As also Christ said, to be able to tell the seasons, okay? And uh, so you're going to make a choice symbolically here. You're going to go with Christ and his doctrine, Christ and his spirit, judgment day. You'll make your choice. There you will stay until judgment day, okay? There it shall be. So when we fall, we want to fall into God's great wisdom and understanding, correct? Okay. All right, and for he that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap, period. Again, wind has spiritual connotations. Uh, the planting of seed. We're talking about that spiritually. When you plant, the Lord waters, or someone else waters, and then the Lord makes it grow in the, the similitude gardening spiritually. And the tree grows, and then it uh, gives off fruit, and the fruit gives off seed. That's the similitude language here, folks. All right. But if you're observing the wind, you're into idolatry in the similitude language. And you're regarding the clouds, you're not going to reap. So here you are not sowing and reaping. And uh, even though that can be physical, the main meaning here is in the spiritual world. That's what we're talking about here. You can't cast bread into the water and have it come back a year later. That is the bread of the doctrine, folks, and that's, without the doctrine, you'll go astray, I'll go astray, all right? You have to read the Bible, you have to dive in there with both feet, and the wisdom and the understanding, she will pour out upon your head blessings, okay, anyway, that's that. Five, it says, as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit see that's the wind or how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all period okay so we don't we're not privy to watching the spiritual world although we see through the glass shadily we're in the tabernacle of the of the uh, flesh, so we don't have the overview that we will, and we're with Christ. Notice how the Lord makes the baby in the womb, and the bones grow. How does God do that? That's a mystery. No one knows that, okay? All right, and uh, the Lord makes the Word of God grow in people, the doctrine. Six, it says, in the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be like good. All right, so there's a physical meaning to that, to have more than one iron in the fire. But let's look at it as sowing the spiritual seed, and therefore... We allow God to open the doors to where we can teach others and get them get their seed planted, help them to plant their seed. 
and, so, and they'll get into the word the, the seed will get watered they'll start to grow and so how many failures do you think you've had out where you try to get people to study and learn and to know Jesus Christ and they just won't listen so that's gonna happen and again it can happen in a surprising places where you thought well this is a this is absolutely sure these people are going to get a hold of the doctrine here and they are going to grow. I know it. And I'm wrong. It just doesn't work. And you can beat on them with the doctrine. You can beat them over the head with a 30-pound Bible. It still won't sink in. They have the blinders on. It's going to take the Lord to get those blinders off. Uh, have we had a lot of failures? here at the table. I have. I've had a ton of them. People just, they're carnal. They're Sadducees. That's basically, they got people beat down into this Darwinian theory and they are Sadducees. That's a sin, isn't it? But seven, we have a new paragraph. It says, truly the light is sweet and a pleasant thing is it for the eyes to behold the sun okay so there is that great sight that the Lord has given you and given me eight it says but if a man live many years and rejoice in them all yet let him remember the days of darkness for they shall be many all that cometh is vanity. So notice how this is a worldly statement here in 7 and 8. Because it's what? It's vanity. And we're going to what? The days of darkness are coming, okay? We got the light. Everything's going good. All of a sudden, here's an attitude adjustment, okay? And you always got to look back at, at your days of darkness. Like again, we're not judging somebody about where they came from. Some of us had a very rough start. Some of us had to be slapped down hard before we would wake up and start to see and have the ears and eyes and really dive into the doctrine. We had to have what is known as an attitude adjustment, okay? But you don't want to completely forget your days of darkness. And many times, let's say you've been in some, some uh, bad organization. And you, you're out of it now. Thank God. Uh, you can look back and warn other people about the tricks and the traps of the world. So remember those days of darkness, folks, because... We're not all John the Baptists here or Jeremiah that leaped in the womb and were chosen. We're chosen, yes, but it took a while for those seeds to grow. Nine is a new paragraph. Rejoice. And this is more on what we're talking about here. Nine says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Once again, many young people can be easily influenced into the bad doctrines of the world. Okay? And yet there's a... Uh, vanity that's in you where you think you're going to live forever and uh, many times the heart can get proud okay but yet the Lord uh, um, the Lord wants wants you to grow up okay we'll put it like that and God will bring you into judgment and we got we got to remember that the sooner you start to explore the doctrine of God and seek his wisdom and understanding, uh, the better off you are. You don't want to put it off and you don't want to wait. Okay? Now listen to this because this goes along with nine in this same paragraph. 
says, Therefore, remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Again, that can affect a lot of us. But there's no fool like an old fool. And you don't want to wait. You don't want to wait to get your motor running here, your spiritual motor. Dive in there, and the sooner you seek the wisdom and understanding, the better off it is. Okay? Rise up early and do it. Like we are today. Like we are today. Alright, so what does this mean in 12 as we start the last chapter of this wonderful doctrine? Wonderful doctrine. Uh, in 12 it says, Remember now thy Creator, capital C, in the days of thy youth. Thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Okay, did you hear what he said? Remember the Creator in all this. Don't be a young fool. Don't be a stupid young fool that never grows up. Because eventually, all the things of the world aren't going to please you anymore. That's a natural state. That's not something that is bad. Remember what Christ said. If you love your life, try to seek your life at the end, you'll lose it. And whoso loses their life for him shall gain it. Gain what? Gain eternal life. So, that being said, that being said, there's a day coming when all the things that you enjoyed as a youth aren't going to give you any joy. And that's a natural state. Your heart is getting ready to go with Christ. Two, we got more on it. It says, while the sun, capital S, or the light, or the moon, or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease, because they are few, and those that look out of the windows be darkened, and the doors shall be shut in the streets, when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Okay, this is the day of the Lord here, folks, by the way. This is the day of the Lord. This is Judgment Day. This is, we're soon to see that here in the week of years. Just is. That innuendo is right there. So, uh, on we go. And uh, the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high. <laughs> see, there's people going to be running to their... Mark Zuckerberg bunker and hiding in there. Oh no, it's true. That New Jerusalem is here. Oh my, let me hide under the rocks. All right. This here is a description from old man King Solomon. Yes, indeed. Of the day of the Lord. And that's judgment day. And all the youthful lusts won't mean diddly squat. Okay, the daughters of music, they're brought low. This is the earthly stuff. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and that's the Lord. And fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden. Notice those symbols there. Who is this tree? Who is this almond tree? Who is this giving the fruit in the middle of all this fear of the day of the Lord? This is God's people. This is God's tree. This is the tree of life. The tree of life will flourish during this time. And all the, all the worldly stuff, the vanities won't mean diddly squat. 
The grasshopper will be a burden. <laughs> That's right in the middle of the book of Revelation. God's army. And desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Okay. Again, we're all going to that long home. Who's it going to be? Where is it going to be? You want to be down below with Lucifer and his benefits down the pit? The porthole to hell? Is that where you want to be? No. There's a day coming. Judgment day is coming. The fear of God is going to be in our hearts. And the wrong fear will be with the non-believers like Zuckerberg and the Illuminati and all the ten unseen merchant kings and the people emulating their doctrine. Six, it says, oh, ever the silver cord be loose, duh, that's death. Or the golden bowl be broken, that's death. Or the pitcher be broken at the fountain. Or the wheel broken at the cistern. Okay, and seven here, notice the seven. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Just hear that. Notice the dust, that's the worldly, that's the vanity. Notice the Spirit, and where does it go? Okay, so we get that out in seven, in a shabool in a Septuagint, but on we go with a new beginning here in 8. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. He's talking about the worldly things. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. King Solomon coming back to the Lord there's nothing better. The ninety and nine stay put but the one sheep that's lost comes back and there's no greater joy in heaven than that. And on he goes to make some more fruit like he gave us with these twelve chapters. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was up, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. Truth! Not the lies that Lucifer uses. They believe in lies in the occult, in witchcraft, in sorcery, in the Kabbalah, in the Talmud, in the Zohar, they believe in the lie. They believe in wives' tales. Eleven, the words of the wise are as goads, and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. One shepherd, folks, and who is that shepherd? I don't have to answer that, do I? Here are the words. The words are your doctrine. This is your nourishment. This is fastening that silver cord in six to God Almighty. And they are the words of truth. Not the lying preacher on the pulpit, whoever he and she is. They're a dime a dozen. 12, it says, And further by these, my son, be admonished of making many books. There is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Okay, and when you're studying, you're reading it, and you're, and uh, so here it is in the flesh, but it is beautiful, folks. It just is. You'll be tired, but you'll have sweet dreams here. <laughs> as you go on and he's warning you about this you're gonna get a little tired at times uh, 
I'll tell you, there's a, a, a just an amount of study that you can do, folks, and then you ponder on it, you uh, meditate on what you've read, and everybody has a limit where they need to stop and uh, ponder what they've read. But here we go with the punchline 13 and 14. What is, the, what is this? Okay, and here you go. It is King Solomon. Here it is in 13. Let us, new paragraph now, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. How simple can that be? Fear God and keep his commandments. The whole duty for us, ladies and gentlemen. Because here's that judgment day we were talking about here in uh, chapter 12 in 1, 2, 3, 4. Listen to this in 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with ever secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That is judgment day. Make your choice. There you will stay until judgment day. Folks, it's been a pleasure as it's always been to read the preacher, to read a class, Ecclesiastes. And we're going to move right here by request. By request, I'm going to do what this old timer asked me to do. And that is to read the 51 chapters of the book of Ecclesiasticus or the wisdom of Sharak, three generations, Jesus, Sharak, and Jesus. Three generations of these proverbs, folks. And that's what we're going to do. So tomorrow we start the wisdom of... Chirac.